Life for diversity practitioners can be complex, challenging, and when we get it right, hugely rewarding. As the landscape has shifted and the level of urgency around DEI has ramped up, many diversity experts have seen their role evolve and expand tremendously. More and more organisations are placing a diversity lens, not only on the needs of employees, but also on the needs and expectations of clients and consumers. In this episode, I'm delighted to be joined by Gemma Parker, Inclusion and Diversity Lead at Pets at Home. Gemma will share some fascinating insights into her experience of leading diversity in a broad and complex organisation and the importance of communication, credibility and integrity in the world of DEI. Gemma, hello. Lovely to talk to you. Really, really lovely. Um, How are you doing? Yeah, good, thank you. Yeah, very good. Excellent, excellent. Well, I have to say I'm super excited to have the opportunity to talk to you, um, Gemma. Um, I'm really, really fascinated by what you're doing at Pets at Home and that whole angle of uh, D&I conversation within Pets at Home. It's amazing. Um, I want to rewind, though. You and I know each other of old, having worked together in different organisations. Yeah. Um, but tell me a little bit more about you, Gemma. You started off your working life as an employment lawyer. And I'm really interested to know whether that provides a really good foundation for the work you do within diversity, equity and inclusion. Yeah, I I think it really does, you know, without a doubt, really, because it's not just the foundation for it. I think it's the, you know, it's the inspiration for it as well, because it's it's through working as an employment lawyer that I became really familiar with with the different concepts around, um, you know, equity, diversity and inclusion. And um, so, yeah, and, and I think, you know, skills wise, um, you know, I'm really used to as, an, as a lawyer seeing both sides of an issue. And I, and I think that's really important because when you're looking to engage people, you, you have to understand what their reservations might be on this topic and you have to be prepared to work through them. So, you know, uh, I, I think that really helps. And as you mentioned in, in your intro, you know, credibility and integrity um, and communication are just so important um, in the EDI role, and, and they're really the skills that I developed as a lawyer. So, saying all of that, I would say that you know, working with people with completely different skill sets to me, you know, at Pets and before that at, at British Airways, you know, it's it's one of the most refreshing and the most exciting things about the career change. So, yeah, it's a great foundation, but then there's just so much more to, to learn. Um, That's fantastic. Yeah, that's that, that's that's really good to hear that. That's really good to hear it. And I take your point exactly about the employment law hat is often about seeing, well, it is, isn't it, about seeing both sides of things. And, and diversity and inclusion, I think, is a lot to do with perception, how we see the world, how we see issues, how we see other people, and to be able to empathise and see another perspective. So I can really understand where you're coming from there. I can really understand it. And... To now, so back, yes. you know, back in the past. So, so to now, you're the diversity lead at Pets at Home. Mm-hmm. I'd love, um, I'd love to, for you to share some insight into what must be an incredibly broad organisation, um, and considering where you focus on, from stores to the logistics to the tech side of the business, and indeed vets for pets. So, can you tell us more about about that and your job and what you do. 
Yeah, so absolutely. So many people, I think, are really familiar with our shops. You know, we've got over 450 of those uh, throughout the UK. But actually, what's what's really exciting about working for Pets at Home is that we're so much more than just a, you know, a traditional pet shop. We really are a pet care business. And, and you know, that means that our customers and our clients can access everything that they need to care for their pets in one place. And what that means in practice, really, is that um, these are vets for pets, vet practice in most of our stores. Um, you know, a lot of them also have dog grooming salons, which we call the groom room, which is really nice. And we also have a really big digital offering. So, um, you know, that makes our service really accessible to lots of different pet owners. Customers can order online, they can book appointments online, and, and they can access help and advice in that way too. So, you know, it's all there. And then, as you say, behind the scenes to help make all of that happen, we've got two distribution centres, you know, and a big team of logistics colleagues who really keep everything moving and then keep things where, where it's meant to be. Um, and then another thing that not everyone's aware of is that we've got the Pets at Home Foundation, which is our charity, and that has a mission to create a better world for pets and the people who love them. And that's something that's really important to our colleagues and to our customers. You know, They're passionate about fundraising and, and supporting pets and pet owners. You know, So from my perspective, in a group role, I get to work with, with so many different people you know, who are, who are experienced perhaps in retail or clinical professionals or logistics speci- specialists, you know, it's all there. But everyone is united by this real love for pets, you know, whether or not they're pet owners themselves, they have a love for pets and appreciation of the bond between between pets and pet owners. So it's, you know, it is very diverse, the kind of different areas that I get to work in. It's really fantastic. And that's really interesting because, as you say, the different areas are really diverse, but it's a bit like inclusion. There's this uniting sort of a sense of purpose and we're here together because we love and care for pets. And I'm interested to hear about the vet's um, uh, angle as well because of the you know caring for pets, etc. And that's not just about I come to pets at home. In fact, I went yesterday to buy some cat food and I had a great um, customer experience, by the way. And I was thinking, oh, this is good because I'm going to be talking to Gemma soon about this. <laughs> but, good to but hear that. Is, good to hear that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. But it's not just you know, being able to buy what I need, the fish food and the cat food, but it's also to know that actually if there was a problem, we could go there and get help for the welfare of the pet. And I guess you you've seen maybe a lot of changes with the pandemic, with many people becoming pet owners that possibly weren't pet owners before. I don't know. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's like a first generation of pet owners, you know, people who perhaps haven't been familiar with pets in the same way. They may not have had pets when they were growing up. And so absolutely a lot of our focus is on those those puppy and kitten owners, those first time and you know, that time when actually the, 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 the pet is quite vulnerable, the, the pet owner feels perhaps a little bit anxious. And we really want mm-hmm. to, to support those pet owners, as you say, right through from the kind of vaccinating their pets and taking care of their, their health needs, but also kind of behavioural and nutritional needs. You know, we can provide all of that. Um, in one place and I think another area that we've been looking at is you know making sure that people who who rehome pets who are um, taking in rescue animals that's something we're very keen to support those pet owners as well because some of those pets come with lots of different needs and and those pet owners need to be supported in a different way so 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 yeah absolutely Um, and it's it's about working together across all those different areas um, to provide that that full one-stop service. And that's fascinating because, of course, people coming into 
pets at home, you're quite right, will come for different reasons and with different levels of anxiety, quite possibly. And so, you know, what I've always found, what I've always seen around me when I've gone into various stores and, and stuff is a level of support, a connection, a human connection. And it's a very emotional thing. And, and we see this in workplaces that, you know, people are worried about going back to work because they're leaving a puppy or a kitten at home. And that's been a support system. So I, I can't, begin to imagine how important actually what you do is I've got a question for you actually about that I I, I know that you've seen the focus on inclusion and diversity at Pets at Home evolve from being sort of primarily colleague or internally focused to much more customer and consumer orientated what does that look like in practice yeah, so, you know, I think our starting point is and, and kind of always has been really is just this idea that, you know, pets just see people, you know, they, they love us for who we are and they, they embrace differences with, without bias. And that's an approach that we've really um, encouraged and, and kind of championed with our colleagues. But, you know, of course, it applies equally to our customers and our clients. And we really want to support all pets and all owners in, in the best way that we can. And so, you know, many of our colleagues are our frontline colleagues. They work directly with customers and clients and, you know, they're passionate about providing the best service. You know, that's what we're known for. You know, we've got other colleagues who are creating products and services that directly benefit customers and clients. And, you know, what I found is that actually if we relate the benefit of, of EDI to the customer and the client benefits, you know, which is the thing that really matters to these colleagues, you know, that's what, what why they, they come to work every day. And then we really get that extra level of engagement. And then it supports the colleague focus. And so I think it's really important to do both of those in parallel, because you're, you're kind of getting a window onto your colleague's world, you know, what is it in their day to day that matters to them? What are they doing all the time? And, and that's what they will always say, well, I want to do the right thing for the customer. And so if we say, well, actually, you know, making sure that you can understand and relate to the different needs of lots of diverse customers is really important then they will extend that to, to the colleagues as well so in, you know an example of that is is the developments we've made so that that contact customers can contact or interact with us in different ways you know online via video link things that we, we didn't really do so well before before the pandemic you know that makes our services accessible to different mm. pet owners and what I think what I found is that actually it makes our colleagues think much more about accessibility overall you know, welcoming different colleagues into our business as well. So I think it works really well to do the two in parallel. And it's easy to think, well, get colleagues right first, then we'll move on to customer. But actually, they're so intertwined. They're so intertwined. And of course, you know, uh, colleagues are probably customers as well. And, 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 Absolutely, uh, yeah. and, and sometimes vice versa. And, and I think, um, you know, it really does show best practice that an organisation, you know, thinks deeply and actions internally as well as actions externally. And of course, the accessibility, the digital, the advance, that's the way we're going. Um, so I, and, and I suspect things like videoing and stuff and uh, that's become much more important or was during lockdown. Hmm. So, um, as you shared, and it really does fascinate me, I never realised how many different arms, or should I say paws, there are to <laughs> pets at home. But could you give us an insight into the distinct diversity challenges or indeed priorities in different parts or paws of the business? Yeah, yeah. So, there, you know, there are different um, opportunities and challenges in different parts of the business. I mean, I mean, not least because just because of our really wide geographical spread, you know, right across the UK and actually, of course, it's easy to forget, I think, that population diversity differs quite a lot by area, you know, people from different different ethnic backgrounds, different socioeconomic backgrounds. That is really different in different parts of the country. But one example, I think, where there, there are differences 
where there's a consistent kind of aim, but it is really different in the implementation, is in relation to flexibility. So, you know, we've made really good progress around it. Um, I think definitely catapulted really into that by the, the pandemic. But, you know, we know flexibility is such an enabler for, for many people who might otherwise have, have faced barriers to entry or progression um, in the workplace. But, but of course, what that looks like in a store environment where the focus is on, you know, hours and shift patterns, you know, in a fixed location, most people are attached to a store um, is really different to our veterinary practice environments where we, we usually need to provide 24 hour care for our patients. You know, our logistics operation is a 24 hour operation as well, where we need people on site all the time. That's really different from stores. And it's also really different to support office. Uh, where we've really moved into a hybrid working pattern. We've got lots of colleagues who are working from home or we've got colleagues who are out in the field visiting our stores and practices. So so I think that's that's definitely one difference that we see across the business. Another one is that it's really that retail is a very female heavy sector and, and, and we're no different in that. But as we're developing our digital capability, we want to make sure that we we do keep that gender balance amongst those roles too. And that, that can be a little bit more challenging. But, you know, we're doing things. We're working with the, the Digital Her programme in Manchester to really engage more young women in a career in tech. And we're also looking at our existing colleagues and creating opportunities for them where we can teach them the skills that, that we need. So, you know, gender is still a big one. People think that gender is, is fine now. It's all fixed. It's done. But actually, it, you know, it, it is a really big one. And you know, we have fantastic gender balance across our vet practices as well. Lots of vets, generally lots of vets are women. But actually, across the profession as a whole, you know, there is less representation of other diverse characteristics. And, and, and that's a challenge for us, as it is for all employers of vets. And, you know, it makes outreach to young people and to children who might not have thought about a career in veterinary really, really important because there are some groups who, who, for whom it, it are just not well represented within the profession. You know, and I think the other thing is just that we know that pets are a huge support. You know, we touched on it before when we talked yeah. about accessibility, but they they are a huge support, you know, practically and as a comfort to people who are living with disabilities. And we really want to welcome people with with different abilities and disabilities into our business. So, you know, that's that's an area. I think that's across all parts of the business. Though, you know, we we know that many people with disabilities have that real connection with pets that unites us Mm -hmm. and they can understand some of the challenges that our pet owners might face too and so that is a priority for us yeah absolutely and 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 the the lived experience they they bring and their insights into the business is um you know just very very difficult to measure in terms of the value add because it's so enormous and also when i hear you talk Gemma, it makes me think about representation and if i can see it i can be it and the need again to um you know make sure that all all organizations are far broader represented and you know if a, a customer coming in can see somebody who's working at pets at home that looks like them that speaks speaks volumes doesn't it so that yeah that's very interesting yeah, I think it's that engagement with our communities that has yeah. become even more important with the pandemic, I, I think. And, and also with just the explosion in pet ownership, you know, there are many more pet owners. And so getting that connection with many more different people is, is even more important in, in our local communities. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And and those links between, you know, the support that pets can bring people around loneliness, around isolation, around bereavement, around grief, around trauma, and all of the things, the very real things that are happening to people at the moment. So, you know, Pets at Home has an enormous sort of uh, part to play there, and you're obviously doing that really well, which is great. So I'm just going to move to another question. Your internal audience, uh, from what you said about, um, you know, your huge operations, uh, it ranges from 
people who work in warehouses and pet care advisors yeah. who am I right they don't have a company email address yet yeah that's, that right? yeah if, if you're working on stores yeah that's right yeah right and that goes through to vets and digital tech experts imagine that a big challenge in fact a huge challenge in your role is simply how do I reach everyone how do I engage <laughs> colleagues who work and operate in different ways in different parts of the business so what yeah. tools are you using or do you use to get everyone right across the business engaged in diversity because that's a challenge that many people listening you know, yeah. are, you know will will recognize how do we reach the business yeah it, it is a, it's a huge challenge and and you think you know it's not like we can just get everyone in a meeting room and talk about diversity inclusion which is I think the first thing that everyone thinks that will make a difference you know our busy operation just makes that completely impossible and you know if I'm honest I think in the beginning, I really took on that responsibility, you know, that I have to personally reach out to everyone and it's all down to me. Um, but of course, that's completely impractical. You know, we're a huge business and we're, we're, we are very geographically spread out as well. Um, so, you know, what, what I realised is that you really have to engage, you know, from your leaders down, but you need to engage all of those different levels of, of, of leaders and managers and really get that cascade effect because they are the ones that need to be talking about diversity and inclusion and bringing it making it really practical in the context of what the colleagues in their teams are doing every day you know that's what that's what we really need to do so you know we do have a diversity and inclusion leadership forum that really sets the tone from the top but then I will talk with different leadership teams across the business um, and really making it relevant to what they're actually involved in and I think that's that's something I love but something I've really realized you really have to understand what what is going on in the world of these of, of your colleagues and what really matters to them and how can you make it relevant and it is different things are relevant in different parts of the business and, and I think that's really important and we've also got colleague networks and they've been amazingly helpful because collectively you know they have a much a wider sphere of influence really you know they they the storytelling that those networks can do is, is really powerful and so you know, I think to your point about what practically can you do, you know, actually, this I mentioned it a few times, but it's where the digital really matters. So we have used video a lot and it's really informal when I say video. It's, you know, people recording themselves on their phones um, and but, but telling their story. And sometimes it might be a two minute story and sometimes they might do a bigger session and engage a bigger group of colleagues. But actually, that's that is really powerful. And we can play those back on demand so that our colleagues who are in the operation don't have to listen live to those events. I think that's been a really important way of, of connecting with everyone and I think you know also it's making sure that we don't alienate people by talking about different characteristics too much and actually you know for National Inclusion Week we asked colleagues to share with, with everyone you know three words that describe themselves and it was really kind of a celebration of uniqueness and, and our message really being you know this is about everybody this is not just about you know gender or your your ethnic background or your age or your sexual orientation it's not about that it's about who you are as a person and we are all really unique and we want to celebrate that but I think in terms of engaging people across the business you know a lot of our support office colleagues our store colleagues they they videoed themselves holding up the words and that that was really lovely but in our warehouse we had a colleague go around with a camera taking pictures of people um say uh, holding up you know signs with the words on so we had a slightly different approach but then we could still put them all together because you know we couldn't reach out to those colleagues on email but we can go around the warehouse when they're on shift and just ask them to mm-hmm. do it and people are really engaged they want to take part they want to be part of it 
And again, that's an example of it wasn't me going around the warehouse. You know, I, I speak to people who can then go around the warehouse. And so um, yeah. we had that kind of cascade effect, which I think worked really well. I love that idea. I really love that because I think that from my experience, very often when we start having diversity and inclusion conversations in organisations, it can be quite alienating and divisive because there is a sort of majority that often thinks, oh, this is nothing to do with me. This is not my conversation. But as you quite rightly say, when we get people to think about what makes us individual and unique as human beings, we're all you know, part of the same human race and diversity is about you and me and everybody. So what a powerful, uh, powerful exercise that must have been, Gemma. Love that. Really yeah. love that. Yeah. And, Amazing. And really, yeah. Something that everyone can get on board with. So, yeah. yeah. And that's the key thing, isn't it? Inclusion is about everybody, not just a, a group of people. And yeah. diversity is not just about underrepresented groups. It's, it's about everybody and it's about you know, equity and moving towards equity. Okay, so quick question before we before we close for today. You've just launched a number of inclusion commitments across Pets yeah. at Home. Could you tell us more about this and what you hope those are going to achieve? Yeah, so it's really exciting. And, and you know, we spent the last 12 months, I guess, as I said, talking a lot to our colleagues, you know, about diversity and inclusion and really generating that kind of energy and awareness around it. And we want to build on that through the next year. And we really want to support colleagues to kind of truly embed it into everything that they do. And so that we launched a new diversity and inclusion policy, but our commitment to sit alongside that to really bring that policy to life. You know, it's what about what our expectations are and also how we as a business are going to support colleagues to achieve them. So, you know, the message I think really is that you know this is about every single person and, and it's whether you're a colleague or a manager, you can contribute to our inclusive culture. And, and it's not, you know, it's not solely the responsibility of the CEO or any of our executive you know, or me or the people team it, it, it's something that everyone can do and actually collectively they need to do if we want to make this happen so I think the commitments really distill that in, in a kind of a practical way about the, the way that we're asking people to, to behave and then we also have a, a third document which is a, a guide that will sit alongside that which is you know the, the 10 ways to make a difference because we need to make it really really practical yeah. Um, and that will rate that ranges from very simple things like sharing your diversity data with us or asking your colleagues what religious festivals they celebrate to, to bigger things about understanding, listening, I should say, listening to the experience of others or learning more about diversity and inclusion and the ways that you can do that. So there should be something in there that will engage everybody in our business. And I guess the, the, the previous point we were talking about, you know, we have to find a way to engage lots of different people. And, it, and of course, diversity inclusion does naturally mean different things to different people. But I think we see the commitments. There is something that everyone can relate to and, and feel engaged with. Brilliant. Absolutely love that. I really, really love that. Thank you. So, so Gemma, you know, thank you so much indeed for your time today um, to tell us much more about Pets at Home and the exciting initiatives that they're involved in and for giving us an insight into diversity within the brand, both internally and indeed externally. I'd like to say, you know, a huge, a huge thanks for your participation. And I hope that you have, um, do you have a pet in the room now? I do, I do. I've got. I don't even. She's not going to make an appearance, oh. but um, but uh, uh, uh but uh, yeah, I do. I have a cockapoo called Bronwyn. Okay, who great. is absolutely lovely, but very destructive. Okay, fabulous. Um, well, it wouldn't be a good, genuine, authentic podcast unless you had got a pet in the room. So, thank you yeah. very, very much indeed, Gemma. Really appreciate your time today. 
Gemma. You really brought to life the complex and varied nature of diversity work. And particularly the importance of bringing everyone on the journey and engaging people across the organisation to be part of the cascade. What struck me is the importance of adapting our approach and finding ways and means to reach everyone, whether it's practically or figuratively. I loved your focus on celebrating uniqueness. So thanks to everyone who has tuned in to join us, whether you're a diversity professional, an HR practitioner, or you're in a leadership or management role. If you would like to find out more about how Inclusive Group can work with your organisation to foster belonging and everyday inclusive behaviours, please click on the link on the description of this episode.